0: football today from CBS Sports. Here we go. Email us at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Here we go. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Let's go. Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. Be back. Welcome back, Heath Cummings, to our fantasy football podcast, to Fort Lauderdale, to CBS Sports. How was your uh, little vacation, your holidays? Uh, happy to be back.
1: It was all, it was all fantastic.
0: Yeah. Uh, I rem- well,
1: except for the part where I hurt my back and was in bed for three days because I remember I was old. Besides that, Kansas City was awesome. Beer was great. Barbecue was great. Good time off. How'd here. you hurt it? I missed a step. Oh, wow. Like I was going down the stairs. I missed the step and my foot went down to the next step. Mm-hmm. And still one of my legs is a little bit longer than the other
0: one. Wow. That is not being old. That's called being clumsy, my friend. Yeah, I'm, both.
2: I'm, 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 well, maybe, but yeah. having your back go out from missing a step is definitely old. No, that's very true. And
0: uh, my, my worst back going out story
2: is I once had my back go out doing back exercises to keep my back from going out. <laughs>
0: and my back went out. <laughs> That sounds awful. All right. This is uh, a great start to our uh, Fantasy Football Today podcast. It is uh, Thursday, January 10th. Uh, again, no Adam Azer. I'm Jamie Eisenberg. Dave Richard. You heard Keith Cummings. So happy to be talking about uh, some football today. We will uh, get into all of the coaching hires. There have been six since our last show on Monday. Matt LaFleur to the Packers. Cliff Kingsbury to the Cardinals. Bruce Arians to the Bucks. Vic Fangio to the Broncos, Freddie Kitchens to the Browns, Adam Gase to the Jets, and a couple of offensive coordinator uh, situations which we'll get into. Uh, we'll finish wrapping up our PPR mock draft. I'm curious to get Heath's take on some of our picks because he was not part of the draft. He will be part of the next draft that we are doing, which is actually going to be taking part uh today. I'm excited about that as well. We will get into the divisional round of the playoffs, give you some DFS lineups to use for this week, and go over some emails as well. Heath, your take on the wild card round since you weren't here?
1: Uh, it was underwhelming. I'm much more excited about this week of football. There was yeah. way way too much defense.
0: There was a lot of defense. Obviously, the offensive <laughs> teams were uh, sitting this one out. They will be playing this weekend, the Chiefs, the Saints, the Rams, most notably, uh, getting involved. In this weekend's game, so it should be fun. Uh, some news and notes to get to. Um, we're going to get into a lot of the draft stuff probably once Adam gets back in February. Uh, I'm sure I'll have some stuff when I come back from the Combine as well. Uh, and, and obviously Dave and Heath will dive into the draft. Heath probably mostly baseball. Uh, Dave a little bit more of the NFL draft, but we will talk a lot about the prospects. But in any event, uh, Oklahoma Heisman Trophy winner Kyler Murray will enter the NFL draft. That's according to the San Francisco Chronicle. He is also, um, uh, first round pick of the Oakland A's. Heath, what sport do you see him playing? I, hopefully both. I want somebody to play both again, and I don't think
1: the NFL wants anybody to play both again, but that's, I'd love to see him try to take a crack at that. I get a little bit worried. We made way too much out of height for quarterbacks for a long, long time. And some shorter quarterbacks have exposed to that, but he's really, really short. It's like, like five think, nine, right? Yeah. Five. Well, he's listed he at five listed nine. At five <laughs> nine and almost nobody that's listed at five
0: nine is actually five nine. So I, I get a little worried about that part of it, but I'd love to see him try to play both. Uh, Dwayne Haskins, Ohio State quarterback also is entering the NFL draft. Dave, which one do you think will end up being better?
2: Well, I'm not, I'm not convinced that Murray is going to even. Stick to football. I know he's looking to get into the draft, but don't you make more money playing baseball than you do football? Isn't the aren't the contracts guaranteed in baseball? So either one of you as, as, oh, of yes. you as a quarterback, McCullers?
0: though, if he is just mid level based mm-hmm. on the contracts we've seen, Matthew Stafford—that's twenty million a year. Joe Flacco—I mean, those type of guys you're going to make. What kind of baseball players money. make twenty million a year? Uh, only
1: the best. Okay. But only the best. Like the thing is, it'll be interesting. It's all about where he's going to be drafted. Yeah, I don't think it's worth it for him to give up on baseball if he's going to be a fourth round pick. No, but, but if he goes through the draft he goes, process yeah,
2: and ends up and Kingsbury being, so think, was talking him up apparently earlier this year. in October. Yes, right.
0: Uh, well, but long before. Be- right. He said, if right. I had the first pick in the NFL draft, I would take Kyler Murray. Now, yeah. I do believe Adam Schefter tweeted that the Cardinals may be open to trading say, uh, Josh Rosen uh-huh. if, in fact, that's something that they believe Interesting they can stuff. So My guess is it's going to be Rosen. And, and I haven't the, seen enough of the two somewhere. quarterbacks to make a call on Haskins versus Murray, who I like better. Uh, I, I think Haskins looks like he could be a star, and he's very excited about potentially being a New York Giant, which would be fun to see if that comes to pass. Iowa State running back David Montgomery is entering the NFL draft. He may end up being the best running back prospect. We'll see how that goes. Again, we'll get more into the draft process over the next few weeks. I know a lot of you are excited about your dynasty leagues, keeper leagues things of that nature. Once we start to get a little bit more into that, we will break those down. Uh, the Panthers are moving on from linebacker Thomas Davis. He said on Twitter that he is not going to return to the team after 14 years. The Jaguars have signed Thomas Rawls. Now, Heath Dave has been very adamant that the Jags are going to move on from Leonard Fournette. If I'm correct in saying mm-hmm. that um, they have removed his guarantees. I don't know at what point you were gone when this started to unfold. They may move on from Carlos Hyde as well. T.J. Yeldon's a free agent. They could be revamping their entire backfield. Uh, Assuming Thomas Rawls maybe is the last man standing, is he somebody you're going to be interested in going into next season?
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, if yeah, if he was clearly the number one back, I don't think that's very likely. But, yeah, anybody that has an opportunity to get 15 touches a game, and that's what they should do
0: until they have a quarterback. (laughs) Yes, uh, they do need to address the quarterback position as well. Uh, Tyler Eifert coming back from that broken ankle back to running. Dave, he's somebody that has been on our draft boards, off our draft boards. We've been uh, yeah. excited about him at times last He's been year, my huckleberry be
2: before. I've, I've, uh, I've been a huge fan of his, but are you done? You have to be. If you're taking him, it's with one of your last picks because the Bengals have a nice matchup in week one. He's a streaming
0: tight end. Okay. Well, hopefully he's healthy. That would be nice to see. And we'll see, uh, if, uh, he's better than CJ Uzama, who took his job at the end of the season after Tyler Croft was also injured. Some, News and notes for the divisional round. We'll talk about these guys as we get into previewing some of those games. Uh, Rams running back Todd Gurley limited in practice, but he did say everything went pretty good today. So just super excited about that. Honestly, he missed the final two games of the season with that knee injury. The Saints are hoping to get left tackle Teron Armstead back dealing with that shoulder injury. He missed six of the last seven games. The Patriots look like they're going to get Cordero Patterson back. He's practicing in full, dealing with that knee injury. The Chargers are going to hopefully see the debut of Hunter Henry for the 2018 season. We know that he missed the entire regular season because of that torn ACL that he suffered last May. But he is practicing in full. He was activated off injured reserve. Hopefully we see him go out and play well and maybe get back into the good graces of fantasy owners as a top five tight end for next season. Sammy Watkins has missed the last five games with a foot injury. He is uh, limited in practice. Hopefully he'll be back out there as well. That's the report that he is going to play. So some news to keep an eye on going into the divisional round. And now we get to the coaches. So here we go. Dun, six, dun, dun, dun. six new hires. We're still waiting for the Bengals and the Dolphins to make their uh, official hires. I would just like to say that I once talked to Sean McVay. I interviewed him a couple times. Uh, I should be up for candidacy for the job just because. Uh, <laughs> Did say know, he say anything nice he, about you? Uh, he was uh, amazing. Did he say great questions? He said, he said hello. He said uh, thank you. He was very uh, pleasant.
1: Wh- wouldn't it? be kind of funny if they lose this week
0: and he's never won a playoff game, never won a playoff mm-hmm. game and sure. we're hiring people off of his coaching tree. Uh, yeah, it, it's certainly something that, uh, you know, people are rushing to. And, and the two names that I think everybody's uh, associating with him would obviously be Matt LaFleur and Cliff Kingsbury. The Cardinal set out a very interesting press release when he was hired saying he was friends with
2: Sean mm-hmm. McVay. They
0: since have amended that, but they're taking a lot of slack for that Uh that situation. In any event, so the new hires again, Matt LaFleur, Cliff Kingsbury, Bruce Arians, Vic Fangio, Freddie Kitchens, and Adam Gase. Uh Fangio obviously is a defensive coordinator uh, coming from Chicago. So Gary Kubiak is the one we're going to focus on for the Broncos. Their former head coach is now their offensive coordinator. And then again, the other offensive coordinators that I mentioned, the uh Bucks rehired Dirk Cutter. He was their offensive coordinator from 2012 to 2014 and Kevin Stefanski gets the official job. He was the interim offensive coordinator for the Vikings. So let's get into this. We'll start with the Packers. Uh, I think I did this in chronological order when the hires happened, so uh, we'll kind of go that route. But in any event, you have the offensive coordinator for the titans uh, that was his previous job he previously was the falcons quarterback coach from 2015 to 2016 when he, matt ryan was the mvp that season and he was the rams offense coordinator in 2017 they were number one in points per game that year so a good track record now obviously he was not the play caller of those teams but he did work with some high profile offenses so dave what does little floor hire clearly mean for the three main guys for the packers aaron Rodgers, aaron jones Devonte adams well, it's going to be a
2: continuation of the West Coast offense, which is a very good thing. You obviously don't want to have Aaron Rodgers learn a completely new playbook. Um, just in general, you want him to be as comfortable as possible since he's the leader of the offense. And I would imagine that LaFleur will lean heavily on Rodgers' instincts and intuition when it comes to coming up with game plans from week to week. LeFleur, I don't know how much you can judge LaFleur from what he did in Tennessee. Uh, Mariota got hurt. He had to lean on Blaine Gabbard. He eventually came around on how to use Derrick Henry the right way. I think it showed, if anything, it showed that Lafleur was versatile and he's willing to change up, um, the way that he comes up with game plans based on which parts of his personnel are, are working out for him. I do believe that he'll stick with one running back more so than two, but if, if he's versatile, that means he could be open to using two and he'll, he'll, he'll move Devontae Adams all over the field. They're going to be looking for another number two receiver. There will be a camp competition, whether it ends up being MVS or Equinemius St. Brown, somebody else who knows. Oh, but Geronimo Allison. Could, oh, player. could be Geronimo Allison as well. Uh There's there's going to be a lot of consistency with how
0: the Packers operate, and I think that's the best news of all. So, so that he, makes me like the hire. Heath, I know we spoke about your uh, quarterback rankings for 2019 before you went on vacation because we did that on, on CBS Sports HQ. You had said that the right coach may move Aaron Rodgers to number two behind Patrick Mahomes at the time. Is that is this higher that move or are you still sticking with Andrew Luck right now at number two? And and I've said this ad nauseum, we've we went through a lot of our our, our rankings, uh, whether here on, or on CBS sports HQ, that this is not this is all subject to change. So you're How not you, being held sure. to anything that you're saying right now.
1: Yeah, I, I'm gonna leave him at number three. I don't I don't dislike there's some of the hires I really dislike. There's not very many that I actually like. The only thing I really care about with this one is I assume Aaron Rodgers is on board with it and he's happy about it. And it sounds like he wants someone that's going to challenge him a little bit with play calling. And LaFleur apparently is going to do that. So I think it's good for him. It's not a negative, but it's not something that's going to make me want to move him ahead of
0: him. Yeah. The thing that I do like is it's something that will be hopefully innovative. We've seen Mike McCarthy's uh, offense oh get boy. very stagnant over the last several years. And so I think a healthy Geronimo Allison improvement from the young receivers, another year with Devontae Adams getting better, uh, and hopefully the run game also plus a, you know, some improvements on the offensive line. I think Aaron Rodgers to me is going to bounce back to a certain extent, you know, whether he gets back to being the number one guy, I don't know if that's possible, but I still have him at number two. I will stick with him there. I'm also excited about Aaron Jones, you know, just hopefully staying healthy. So we'll see how that goes. All right, so the Cardinals hire Cliff Kingsbury. He was a Texas Tech coach from 2013 to 2018. He had a stellar 35-40 and 40 record over that span and won into two a bowl games. So, I mean, that just screams you have to hire him based on what his track record was. But as we know, he coached Patrick Mahomes. So uh, coaching Patrick Mahomes and being friends with Sean McVay, that should get you the job in the NFL. Their offense is clearly a work in progress, uh, to say the least. So you look at what Kingsbury comes into, uh, as we sort of alluded to, Josh Rosen should be the quarterback there. David Johnson will be the running back. The receiving core, though, could be dramatically different, especially if Larry Fitzgerald decides to retire. So Heath, you kind of alluded to this. Not a lot of these hires make you excited. Uh, this is one that's certainly going to be in question given what Kingsbury's track record is and the fact that he was expected to be the offensive coordinator for USC and all of a sudden he gets the job with the Cardinals.
1: Well, the thing I like about this is the Cardinals aren't just taking a retread and just settling on where they are, they're trying something new. I don't have a lot of confidence it's going to work. I think this is maybe one of those hires has a decent chance that year one, the NFL says, "What in the world is this guy doing?" And he actually does put together a pretty good offense. Long term, I'm not sure that it'll work. But it's
0: like a young Chip Kelly,
1: almost. Yeah, it's it's like a young Chip Kelly, mm-hmm. and he has not had a lot of success. But he took over a school that wasn't having a ton of success. The thing about the Mahomes thing that's weird to me is like it's not like he was so awesome with Mahomes that Mahomes was a clear cut number one overall pick. He wasn't even the number one quarterback taken in that draft. Mm -hmm. Andy Reid turned Patrick Mahomes into this. So that doesn't get me too excited. And I don't think Josh Rosen's Patrick Mahomes. No. So I'm not going to be overly excited. I am more intrigued by this move, though, just to see what different things he can do and hopefully show. I mean, I think the biggest winner for the Cardinals is probably David Johnson. I expect he's going to be creative in getting David Johnson involved. They did a lot of stuff running their running backs out as a wide receiver. And Johnson was very good when he was doing that a few years ago. Sure. He didn't do enough of that last year. So I think it's good
2: for David Johnson. I think it comes down to which angle you're looking at it from. If you're looking at it from like pure NFL, is he going to be a good coach for the Cardinals? Is he going to turn the Cardinals into a perennial playoff team? The answer is no. If you're talking well, we don't about know that, I don't think he will. I don't probably, think probably, but I mean, you can't say I that think, definitively, but as a play caller and someone who you know could put up a lot of yards and a lot of points and help a lot of fantasy owners i think it's great i think it's funny that you brought up chip kelly's name i think this is the most um i don't know if i want to say innovative play caller to come into the nfl from college since chip kelly but he's he's kind of a genius when it comes to putting together this air raid passing game and i would imagine that he's going to stick to that a lot uh he was a 60-40 pass run ratio play caller uh he barely used tight ends didn't lean on the running backs, just like he said, so I think that's good for David Johnson. But he's got to be able to make sure that the fundamentals of that offense are good, and that means the offensive line has to be rebuilt. Sure. He's got to find – it seems he prefers small, fast receivers rather than big receivers. He did have big receivers his last year at Texas Tech. Um, but I think I think he's very creative. I think he will come up with all kinds of ways to stymie the defenses around him. And uh, I'm. It, it makes me excited for David Johnson. I think he's going to be a hell of a second-round pick now. And I don't know if it's going to be Josh Rosen under center or if it's going to be Kyler Murray. But whoever it is, they're going to have a lot of 300- and 400-yard games.
0: Could have some interceptions along the way, and hopefully he's protected well, too. Yes, oh, and they're, Christian
2: they're... Kirk is obviously – like that's the sure. one guy that
0: you know in that passing game. Yes.
2: is going to be involved, and he's a great fit for what they
0: do. Yep. And, again, we'll see if Larry Fitzgerald does decide to return. Maybe this higher excites him because of what the throwing will be there in Arizona now. And so we'll see how that goes. David Johnson in our mock draft went in the second round – with the fifteenth overall pick. Uh the Bucks hire Bruce Arians, one of the retreads that you were talking about, Heath, his last stint was with the Cardinals when he was their head coach from 2013 to 2017. After that he was a colleague of ours to a certain extent on CBS Sports, calling games uh on the network. I just went and looked at what he did, his most recent numbers. I threw out 2017 because of all the injuries. So basically just the 2016 season. So the the Cardinals were number nine in total yards that year, number six in total points. Uh, in 2015, he was uh, number one in total yards, number two in total points, so we know about his offense. Um, just some guys that he's worked with recently, most mostly with the Cardinals. Carson Palmer in 2016 passed for 4,233 yards, 26 touchdowns, 14 interceptions. David Johnson, that was his big season, uh, 1,239 rushing yards, 16 touchdowns, and obviously a big factor in the passing game with 80 catches for 879 yards and four touchdowns. Larry Fitzgerald had over 100 catches, 1,000 yards, and six touchdowns. That was when you had your man crush on him, Heath, for uh, that three-year period. Um, their second receiver that year was was JJ Nelson. So, uh, 2015 similar success with uh, the passing game: 35 touchdowns, 11 receptions for Palmer. The run game was kind of a mixed bag with Chris Johnson and David Johnson. And Fitzgerald was once again great. So, you look at what uh, he's inheriting: Jameis Winston, who you know was part of one of the best passing attacks last season in tandem with Ryan Fitzpatrick. And then Mike Evans coming off a solid kind of under the radar year for what Mike Evans put up uh, franchise record and receiving receptions and receiving yards. And then Deshaun Jackson expected to move on. We'll see if Adam Humphries comes back as a free agent and Chris Godwin uh, will be stepping into his third year. So what do we think about the passing game here for the Bucks now that Bruce Arians is the coach?
1: I like this is the one hire that I definitively like, and it is a retread, but it's somebody that we know can put together a good offense. I think it's great for Jameis Winston, it's great for Mike Evans. The thing that's really interesting to me with this one is is he take a look at Ronald Jones and decide let's go try to offer Le'Veon Bell some money because Le'Veon Bell yep. would be perfect, perfect. Yep. in a Bruce Arians offense. That's the the one question mark I have is running back. I don't think Peyton Barber sticks around because I don't think Peyton Barber does the things Bruce Arians wants a running back to do. I don't like the
2: hire. I love the hire. This is absolutely perfect. Uh, and, and I like the coaches that are coming along with them, Bulls to run the defense. They're going to have to change it to a three, four. That'll take some maneuvering. Um, but I, I'm interested to see how Byron Leftwich does now that he's with his, his mentor in Bruce Arians and Leftwich is going to call the plays. Like you said, I think that's great. Um, there's so much talent on this team. You mesh it with this new coaching staff. It should mean
0: good things for Tampa Bay. The one concern we'll talk about this when we get into the mock draft would be Ronald Jones is he the guy and then OJ Howard because the track record for Bruce Arians has not been to lean on tight ends and he has one of the best and as we saw last year was headed to breakout season so he makes me a little bit nervous now with yep. Arians calling plays there but Jameis as we know Dave has mm-hmm. pointed this out for years uh, likes to lean on his tight end so. Hopefully that's a good thing still for OJ Howard. Maybe Cameron Brate. they probably regret that contract now knowing what this, uh, well, they can still is. get out of it and, sure, and get sure. seven million back on the cap this year if they do let him go. He's, he's gone. He's a goner. Uh, did either of you move up Jameis in your rankings? Uh, since we are not doing rankings, I did not move him up at all yet. So no, oh, Okay. okay. <laughs> he will, he will. I've got, I've, I've got a rough draft going and he moved up. Yeah. Not top be, 12, but he moved up. He'll be a top 12 quarterback for me because if, again, I just think you look at what Bruce Arians track record has been with older quarterbacks, most likely, you know, most notably, uh, Palmer, but he was great with Andrew Luck when he had him as the interim head coach there mm-hmm. uh, in Indianapolis. So, yeah, he I think did just, pretty well with Roethlisberger once upon a time. Yeah, but I mean, just, you know, again, his most recent stop being with, with Palmer at the end of his career, that wasn't exactly the best situation in terms of uh, what maybe Arians could do and hopefully what the best of Jameis is yet to come. So, again, the Broncos, they make the only defensive hire. Uh, they buck the trend and go with Vic Fangio, the former Bears defensive coordinator. But the more significant thing for our purposes is they bring back Gary Kubiak as the offensive coordinator. We know Kubiak was the head coach in Denver from 2015 to 2016 before health problems became an issue for him. Uh, just some numbers for the Broncos when he was the head coach there. They were 16th in total yards um, in 19th in points per game. In 2015 and 2016, they were 27th in total yards, 22nd in total points. The 2016 season was the Trevor Simeon, um, Paxton Lynch year. The 2015 season was the end of Peyton Manning, but we know they won a Super Bowl that season, so it was a good situation there for them. Uh His running backs that year were Ronnie Hillman and C.J. Anderson. He ended up with Devontae Booker, C.J. Anderson in the last year. And both receivers, uh Demaryius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders, had consecutive 1,000-yard seasons under Kubiak so that could be good for the young receivers there so I think this is a situation where we have to see who the quarterback is because I don't expect Case Keenum to necessarily be guaranteed the job he may be the de facto starter the bridge quarterback however you want to phrase it but uh, he's not guaranteed to be the guy there I think it's great for Philip Lindsay Um, you know just give him a Kubiak's track record has been with running games and then the the Broncos receiving course so uh, how do you guys see this uh this hire going for uh, for Denver
2: I I like it.
0: I don't have a problem with it.
2: I I think it's actually smart to give Fangio the job, let Kubiak focus on the offense, Fangio focus on the defense. That defense could be real wild next year. They could be very, very good. Um, And like you said, Jamie, I don't know what's going to happen at quarterback, but however they go about it, the better that they replace Keenum, be it with a rookie or maybe they make a trade. Maybe they're a team that calls up Arizona and says, so what are you going to do? Are you going to keep Josh Rosen, or are you going to use that pick on another quarterback? And we'll take whichever one you don't want. I don't know if you have to move up to one though to get a great
0: quarterback. Yeah, because I mean, again, if they stick, there with are a Rosen, lot of teams
2: at the top that don't need a quarterback. No, so I think the first one is right either the
0: Giants or the Jaguars. I forget how it's slotted right now.
2: Uh You're right. So whatever Denver decides to do, I think I think they're going to try and go in a fresh direction at quarterback. I think it'll be a young direction at quarterback, and I think Kubiak will probably just. Play it a little more conservatively, and that definitely does help Lindsay Freeman, Booker, if he's still there. Uh, that trio of running backs should get a decent amount of work.
1: Yeah, I think Lindsay's if I'm trying to be positive, Lindsay is a big winner. Yeah, The Denver defense is a big winner. They'll, mm-hmm. they'll be a good defense. They'll have a good running game. I, I'm i terrified of Cortland Sutton because I don't think they're probably getting a good rookie quarterback this year. I'm not sure there is a great rookie quarterback this right. year. And I don't think there's going to be an option available in free agency for them. So I, I think this is John Elway's last hire. I think he's probably gone in a couple of years, and I don't know how long will last either. But for the short period, it'll make Philip Lindsay good. It'll make the defense good.
0: Yeah, I, I think, and if it is Keenum, I mean, you know, Deshaun Hamilton will benefit because he's leaned on his slot receiver, whether it was, you know, the two guys in Minnesota as they alternated, you know, often between Stefan Diggs and Adam Thielen, and then what we saw with Sanders at the start of the year and what we saw with Hamilton at the end of the season. That's just kind of what Case Keenum does. So if there is one you want to target, I think Hamilton's mostly in PPR – will be the the biggest benefactor there but you know we'll see I, I don't love this hire it just feels like they're they're reaching um you know Fangio is 60 years old um no head coaching experience prior to this in the NFL the defense again should be fine is Kubiak's system going to work with the talent that he has it's a different thing when you're you know handed Peyton Manning however his limitations may be as a passer his mind is certainly uh, as we saw was capable of winning a Super Bowl but there's no talent at the receiver position that jumps off the page and, and you know running the ball as your primary option isn't exactly going to fly when you're facing Patrick Mahomes and and Phillip Rivers and those offenses that they're going to be facing in the AFC. So
2: you'd say that they're probably relying on defense and run game to get them 8, 9, 10 wins, hopefully make the playoffs, then see what happens. They don't have that
0: quarterback. Not yet. I mean, that's going to be the biggest thing in how it's, this it offense is, looks.
2: It is an old-school approach. It's a full 180 from hiring Cliff Kingsbury. But it doesn't necessarily mean that it's a terrible approach. You just oh, have I don't to think wait a, and see what moves it's, yeah, it's, they no, make. It's, it's by far
0: not a terrible I approach. I don't see, but... I, I don't see how they compete for the division title next year. Oh, that's
1: the, a six and ten team.
0: Or maybe the next several years. I mean, it just depends. If, well, if, and then if it's the next several years, then if, it's kind of like, the, what are you doing? The problem is, is do they solve the quarterback position? Because if it's Keenum, Elway, you, you know, he, is going to try and do that. Well, every team's trying to do that. I mean, failed. right? But like, like Elway, like, over and over. And I know, which is why this is the last shot to do it. It's why he's I he's already that drafted they will a first round guy that failed in Paxton Lynch. Right. So I think he's this... brought in a free agent guy that's failed at least so far in Case Keenum, and Keenum stepped into a situation where. You know, two very good veteran receivers. Now Mm -hmm. he's got to make this receiving core better. It, it, I just don't see it working out for these particular guys in terms of Elway, Fangio and Kubiak. I just, it just feels as if it's destined to fail. Unless, of course, they solve that quarterback spot and they find the young guy that they could say, okay, we're giving this a three-year run, and if by the end right. of those three years they're competitive. But at that point, the defense is probably going to need an overhaul as well, which they're in the process of doing. So we'll see. I just I don't really love the setup, and it's not necessarily by what they're doing. It's just I think the nature of where this franchise is. And Elway, in my opinion, from uh, an outside view, still feels like they are in win-now mode, which I don't think is the case based on how the Broncos no, they're personnel in, is. No, they should be in win-2020 mode, though. Or tank in 2020 mode and try and get either Tua or or, or Lawrence the well, following Well, that's season. to get him in 2020, yeah. yeah. Right. So we'll see. 2019 anyway. is not where they're trying to win. No, it just, but it, it still feels like that's what they're trying to do. It, it, at least the way I approach it. But in any event, I, I don't love the setup for the Broncos next season. The Browns, I I, I kind of like the move to keep Freddie Kitchens at least on a short term situation because we saw some progress. Uh, he went five and three once he took over as the or helped the Browns go five and three once he took over as the offense coordinator. Under Greg Williams, Williams has since been let go by the Browns when he was their interim offense coordinator, uh, interim head coach and defense coordinator. So for the final eight games of the season, we saw Baker Mayfield go from completing 58.3% of his passes, eight touchdowns, six interceptions, and 20 sacks. He finished under Kitchens, completing 68.4% of his passes, 19 touchdowns, eight interceptions, and only five sacks. He had five games with at least 21 fantasy points in those eight games. So Mayfield played well. Nick Chubb under Kitchens, 150 carries, 678 yards, and five touchdowns, and 18 catches for 139 yards and two touchdowns. He had at least 13 PPR points in six of those eight games. Landry, he kind of was what he was. He, if you kind of harped on this a lot, that it didn't exactly help him tremendously. Uh, 32 catches, 448 yards, and two touchdowns on 54 targets. He had four games with at least 11 PPR points. And David Njoku, 25 catches, 342 yards and two touchdowns on 37 targets. He had two games with more than nine PPR points over that span. So we'll see what the receiving core looks like. But in terms of the quarterback, in terms of the running back, everything was great uh when he threw the kitchen sink at us or whatever. A lot, a, lot, a lot of puns with his I name.
1: Love this for Mayfield. Love it for Chubb. Like it for Najoku. It's fine. Hate this for Jarvis Landry. And Graham Barfield had tweeted this out yesterday. With Todd Haley as the offensive coordinator, Jarvis Landry in eight weeks saw 11.8 targets per game and double digit targets in seven of eight games. With Freddie Kitchens in the last eight weeks of the season, he averaged 6.8 targets per game. With Jarvis Landry's career and efficiency, and it didn't get better last year really, especially in the second half, 6.8 targets per game makes him a number four wide receiver. You're just hoping he has a couple of weeks where he's a number two. I I am going to be way down on Jarvis Landry.
0: The the one thing that I, I would like to see them do is, and and it's not going to be easy because there's not a lot of big names on the market, but sign an outside guy, yeah. move Landry back inside. He's not an outside receiver. So, so
1: yeah, or draft one.
0: Nice. But but again, that, I think that's going to take some time to develop. There's not exactly a standout premier wide receiver that's walking in and I think all of a sudden commanding double teams or commanding attention. I just think that Landry's better suited in the slot. Not that he had a commanding outside guy with the Dolphins, but they were just a little bit better and using him. In that regard, so yes, uh, his his fantasy value is a little bit concerning. You know, Najoko, I think just by nature of what his talent is and the role that he plays in this offense, will be drafted as a number one tight end. But yeah, Nick Chubb, uh, Heath, you'll you'll see. Uh, I know I asked you to look at the results, but he fell to the third round somehow. That's amazing, draft, uh, which was kind of one of the biggest uh, overlooks. And and I'll say this again: um, we did the draft. I'll go through this. I'll I'll wait till we get there. But how we how we went about doing the draft. But in any event, yeah, Chubb fell to the third round. Um, uh, Mayfield, change your mind on him, where you guys have him ranked. I have him no. as number one. I think I was the highest one on him. I've got last, him 12. Yeah, he's, uh, ninth for me. I think you had him outside your top. I had him like top. 15 or 16.
1: He might move up just a little bit because mm-hmm. of the continuity, but I don't think he'll get into my top 12. I, I still think I'd rather have Jameis Winston.
2: It's a good decision by yeah. the Browns, though. They're, yeah. they're keeping their continuity together. It's,
0: it's, it's going to work out. Yeah. yeah I mean, I, at least for their offense. I had this conversation out. I don't know about their, <laughs> The, I, the whole team. I had this conversation with Pete Prisco drink several times once this was unfolding. That if they couldn't get one of the big names that they were after, give this a short term situation, see how it goes. I thought actually it'd be Greg Williams, just keep everything in place. But um, I like the idea of giving Freddie Kitchens the opportunity just to see if he can get this uh get this thing moving in the way that it was moving toward the end of the year again, five and three over their last eight games. The Jets uh, stay in the division. They hire Adam Gase, the former Dolphins coach. We know what this Dolphins offense has been. Uh, the numbers are pretty putrid. When you look over the uh, the last few seasons for Miami, they're coming off a year where they were uh, 31st in total yards and 26th in total points last season. They've never been above 24th in total yards. Uh, they were 17th in points per game. In 2016, his first season, but that's when Ryan Tannehill was healthy for the majority of the season. Tannehill in 24 games with Adam Gase, he hit 20 fantasy points 10 times. Uh, that math is terrible. Um, he's had some success with his running backs. Jay Ajayi was great in 2016 after, you know, finally getting the opportunity, he had 1,200 yards and eight touchdowns. Uh, Kenyon Drake the final five games last year. We know he was, was very good to close the season. Uh, in those final five games, 91 carries, 440 four yards and two touchdowns and 150 receiving yards and then last year the running game was good as a whole but we know he had a hard time committing to one guy uh the duo of frank and drake combined for 276 carries 1257 yards and four touchdowns 65 catches 601 yards and six touchdowns so over 1800 total yards and 10 touchdowns from the running backs but it would have been nice if it was one guy and then we know his best receiver was jarvis landry the first two years at least uh, Landry did not play with them last year had over 90 catches uh, each of the two seasons over 900 yards each of the two seasons and 13 total touchdowns over those two years so you look at Sam Darnold who he's inheriting and played very well to close the season we don't really know what the running backs to look like this is a potential Le'Veon Bell landing spot and then Robbie Anderson and Quincy Anunua they just signed Quincy Anunua to a, a contract extension Robbie Anderson will be there as well uh, along with Chris Herndon so how do we view this offense now that Adam Gase is the coach <laughs> yeah
1: I couldn't even do that sound right because that's how that much I dislike <laughs> it it's uh like my favorite jet from fantasy perspective is Robbie Anderson mm. and I think this is terrible for him I expect a lot more short area. I think it's better for Quincy Anuma probably. You're going to see more short area targets. I just hope that Darnold made a connection in the second half with Anderson and maybe he'll still look his way more often. I wonder who the first very talented player that's going to upset Gase and get traded for a third round pick is. (laughs) Uh, I don't think. Could be Robbie Anderson. I I, I don't think this is going to work at all. The Jets weren't that exciting in the first place. It's pro, I think it's probably bad for Darnold because it's a change in systems in his second year. And I would expect a change in systems in his fourth or fifth year.
2: No, no love for Chris Herndon now that Adam
0: Gase, the tight end fanatic. I I think it's still, uh, it's still. For me, it's still kind of status quo. I I I'm curious why you're down on on Anderson because Tannehill, when he started to play well in 2016, was he was Stills. connecting with with Stills, and you know he's had some moments with Parker. Obviously, it hasn't been consistent, but right. I, I mean, it, it's not like he's had a lot to work with. The
2: hmm.
1: o- the only reliable fantasy wide receiver they've had though is Landry. Like Stills had good games. He had a good three or four week stretch. Parker had a good two or three week stretch. But the only guy they've ever had that was reliable was the underneath guy.
0: I don't. Sure, but that also speaks to Tannehill, too. I mean, it's not yes. necessarily just an indication of, of Gase, who, when he had Cutler healthy, still playing in Chicago the one season. Was Cutler he, good, though, that year? It was Cutler's best season. I mean, you know, it, play that out as you will. I, I, am I'm, I'm totally with you. It's not like Cutler was great, but, you know, he, he got the most out of, out of Jay Cutler. He got a lot out of Peyton Manning. Obviously, you know, you could say that was Manning, which is, is, is clearly a fair argument, but we'll see. I mean, yeah. it's not like, you know, uh, Jeremy Bates was, the end all be all no, play callers no. and, and, and Sam Darnold finally started to play well and started to connect with, with Robbie Anderson. So I think to your point, you know, did the rapport that they established at the end of the season, will that carry over no matter what Gase tries to do to suppress it?
1: I wish it'd been Todd Monkin. Oh, was, for Robbie sure. Robbie Anderson. Absolutely. Would have been yeah. An
0: absolute yeah. Stud. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I think, you know, let, let's see how Gase does, but I'm with you. I don't think this is going to be something that's long term. I don't see Gase meshing well with the New York media based on what he was down here in Miami. You seem to be a little bit more encouraged by it.
2: Uh, I I
0: don't hate it. I, I like the, I like the idea of Gase working
2: with Darnold. I think that this is like a far more promising quarterback that Gase gets compared to Tannehill, who he inherited and then stuck with in Miami. And then just he had to get by these last couple of years with Tannehill Shouldn't beat up. Should he have made Tannehill hurt? better though? Well, Tannehill was hurt and couldn't do anything. He was, two he, was he was starting
0: ago. to make progress in 2016, and right? And he started to make progress in 2018 before the shoulder injury, and then he closed the year being what it was. I think a lot of things that you know kind of stand out for for Gase in negative is he thought he can bring Jay Cutler off the street and make him viable, and that didn't happen. Now he did. I get don't think some, he had much of a choice. I think there were playoff expectations, and he they, could have he stuck with that more. He could he could have easily I'd, gone that route. Okay, who, who got them into the playoffs at the end of the 2016 season? He did get some good moments out of Brock Osweiler. They somehow beat the Bears this year, you yeah. Know, so that that was something. It's pretty ridiculous. Um, and, and you know, again, is Ryan Tannehill really a legit NFL starter? Whereas Darnold has, at least based, you know, they're both first round picks, but Darnold being a top three overall pick, the pedigree is is clearly a little bit there for a guy that wasn't a converted wide receiver. So we'll see. I mean, look, this is a lot on Gase. It's a lot on the Jets. You know, expecting him to come in and continue to be what he was prior to Miami as a quarterback guru. All these guys that are being hired. This was Gase prior to the Miami job. You know, he was the, the next young yes, hot he offensive of mine. And so we'll see. Um, but again, I, I think this is going to be a situation where do they spend the money on Levy on Bell? Uh, it's one of the rumor destinations prior to the Gase hiring. Will that work out well based on his relationship with Jay Ajayi? Who knows? So we'll see. It's, uh, it's, it's one, yeah. I think that you take a, a wait and see approach. Um, mm-hmm. If they don't get Bell, Elijah McGuire and Isaiah Crowell will most likely be the running back tandem. you know, Buy into that, if you will. And Robbie Anderson, hopefully, like you said, Heath, what he showed us last year at the end of the season, along with Quincy Nunwa being the slot guy, uh, Anderson, I think, is still going to be a mid-round pick, Anunua a good late-round pick, and Herndon will be at the back end of the number one tight end. So the offense coordinator uh, scenarios that we saw, uh, Dirk Cutter was the offense coordinator in Atlanta from 2012 to 2014, now back in that job after being let go by Tampa Bay. Matt Ryan in the three years with Dirk Cutter, 4,642.7 yards per game, 28.7 touchdowns per game, and 15 interceptions over those three years. Julio Jones, just looking at the two guys that have played with him, 91.5 catches, 1,395 yards, and eight touchdowns in the two full seasons he played with Cutter. He only played five games in 2013 because of that first initial foot injury, but Cutter is the only offensive coordinator to get a double-digit touchdown season out of Julio Jones, and that was in 2012. I don't think it's fair to judge his run game with Atlanta because he had the end of Michael Turner and then two years of Steven Jackson, and we know how that kind of was, two old plotting running backs, but he did get 10 touchdowns out of Michael Turner in 2012. So we talk a lot about Matt Ryan and the continuity with him with offense coordinators. Does this apply, having someone that he's worked with previously? I don't think it hurts at all. I don't think Dirk Carter comes in and Matt Ryan
2: forgets about him or or what his – you know demands are and where he goes with the football. I think Ryan will actually like it and I think it'll work out for fantasy. So it absolutely keeps Matt Ryan in the top 10 quarterback conversation.
1: Yeah, I think this is a positive for Ryan. It's a positive for Julio. Um, I'm not too worried about the run game. I expect the Falcons offense to be just about as good as they've been the last three or four years. Yeah.
0: And and hopefully, you know, for the run game, Devontae Freeman is healthy, uh can can get over the concussions and the knee injuries that have plagued him the last couple of seasons. We'll see if they do bring back Tevin Coleman. I would like to see Coleman go someplace else uh based on our conversation on Monday about where I drafted him in the sixth round. And uh Edo Smith is somebody we'll talk about when we get to our mock draft review for this. Uh for the Vikings, so we know that they moved on from John D. Filippo John DiFilippo uh after uh week fourteen when they lost to Seattle. So for the final three games of the regular season, we got to see what Kevin Stefanski's offense looked like on an interim basis. Now he's the full time guy, so we'll see what he does you know, implement over the course of an offseason. But it wasn't so good for two players in particular, Kirk Cousins and Adam Thielen. They struggled under Stefanski. Uh, Cousins averaged 19 fantasy points in those three games, but only one game over 20 fantasy points. He had 28 points against Detroit in Week 16. For Dalvin Cook, it was great. He averaged 16.7 PPR points in the three games uh, with the coordinator change, two of them over 13 PPR points. We know about the monster game against Miami in Week 15. And then Thielen, uh, three points, 13 points, 6 points, so it comes out to 7.3 PPR points. It was ugly for him. Uh, he did have five catches for 80 yards against the Lions in Week 16. And then Stefan Diggs scored in each of the three games for Stefanski. He averaged 13.7 PPR points uh with the monster game against Chicago in Week 17. So do we like this for Kirk Cousins? Do we like this for the passing game? Obviously, it's great for Dalvin Cook. It's obviously great for Dalvin
2: Cook, and it, I'm sure that's the message that will be renewed several times during the offseason, that – Kevin Safansky did a good job of getting the run game going, and he's going to keep it going, and try and bring a balanced approach to this offense. It crushed Thielen. He had twelve targets in those last three games, no touchdowns. The Eighty yards was the highest he. Eighty got yards
0: was the high yes. on so five catches. Are, are we are we done with him as a number mm-hmm. one receiver? I don't or think you should draft
2: a, him as a number one receiver, but still a number two. Yeah, sure, and, but not and, in a Diggs is going to go ahead of him.
1: I I don't know about the Diggs going ahead of him part yet. I think Thielen was banged up at the end of the year. I think it hurts. Cousins, it hurts Thielen and it hurts Diggs because there just won't be as many pass attempts. Uh The best thing that Stefanski did at the end of the year was do what Mike Zimmer wanted him to. They want to be an old school team, play good defense and run the football and so I, it's going to be less targets for both those receivers. I still expect on a week-to-week basis it's going to be hard to predict which one's better, but at the end of the year they're both going to be somewhere between 14 and 20. At but, but, but
0: okay, so I, I guess the, the big question about Thielen would be the monster season that he started off with having and how he tailed off. Forget is he just it. in between there? Is he closer to the guy at the beginning of the season? I would say he's in between. I mean, I don't think he's going to be as bad as he was to close the season. No, no, but we do know that there was some chemistry issues with Kirk cousins. They did not get along well in that week, eight, that week, 17 performance against the bears arguing on the sidelines. Uh, there were some reports that feeling was actually arguing to, or, or fighting for, to, for Di Filippo to keep the job. You know, maybe he's not happy with the way the system is going there for him. Um, So yeah, it's, it's something that I think you have to monitor and I'm going to guess, I'll, I'll speak for myself. Kirk Cousins is not even going to be a top 15 quarterback for me. Is he in the top 15 for either of you? No. Uh, he won't be now. Okay. So, I mean, he
2: was, he was getting over 40 attempts per game pretty regularly with. Filippo calling the shot. Sure. And, and the and defense. He maxed was maxed out at 33 in the, those last The, three the defense games.
0: for what it's worth, one guy in particular, when Everson Griffin was there, when he wasn't there, their defense was not dramatically different, but different. And that's when he was, you know, they were, they were sometimes chasing points and sometimes not exactly playing the way that you said, like Mike Zimmer wanted to play. So. This is one team I think we'll look at going in the offseason, but it does help Dalvin Cook tremendously. I think keeps him well within the uh, number one running back conversation and another guy who, for whatever reason, slipped in this draft and fell to the third round. We'll get to that in just a minute. But if you want to see any of these new coaches in 2019 or maybe you want to see a basketball or a baseball game before that, well, let me tell you about SeatGeek. We love SeatGeek. I just used SeatGeek a few weeks ago, and it was so easy, and it saved me money. By the way, if you want to take $10 off Your first SeatGeek purchase is download the app and use the code FFT. That's code FFT for $10 off your first purchase. I, Like I told you, I saw Hamilton using SeatGeek a few weeks ago. I took my kids to see a Gator basketball game a few weeks ago. I really enjoyed the experience with SeatGeek, so I appreciate them helping me and helping me save money. SeatGeek searches multiple ticket sites, grades every ticket based on value, saves you time, and saves you money. And every purchase is fully guaranteed. Remember, you can save $10. Just download the SeatGeek app and enter the promo code FFT, that's promo code FFT for $10 off your first SeatGeek purchase. SeatGeek, life's an event. We have the tickets. So, Keith, you missed out on this mock draft. I was uh sad about that because I always love when you're in our mock drafts, and you'll be in the one that we're doing today. This one that we're going to finish reviewing was a PPR mock draft. We'll be doing the non-PPR version uh, this afternoon, so we'll talk about that uh some point, maybe over the next couple of weeks. Just to review, I'm going to go through this quickly, um, uh, the first six rounds, so you have that if you missed our, our Monday Show uh it started with round one, Todd Gurley, Saquon Barkley, Ezekiel Elliott, Christian McCaffrey, Alvin Kamara, DeAndre Hopkins, Devontae Adams, Melvin Gordon, Le'Veon Bell, Michael Thomas, Antonio Brown, Julio Jones. I, I mentioned this a few times, Heath, thought so I'll stop for a second. Um, you are very much in the camp of Juju over Antonio Brown. I know not by much. Uh, I am. Uh given what's happening with Brown over the last few weeks, I, I think I've teased this that I'll give you the chance to sort of defend this. I've, I've taken your stance a little bit and, uh, the, the, both sides of it, but why Juju over Antonio? I, and
1: I was in the Juju over Antonio Brown before the drama started, but I just think one of, they're going two different directions. Antonio Brown had a great, phenomenal year last year. It was largely because he scored so many touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Juju was better in terms of on a per target, per catch basis, and he actually Caught more passes and have more yards, so I would just rather have Juju Smith-Schuster, the young ascending wide receiver, than Antonio Brown, especially if Brown's going to end up on a different team.
0: Right. I mean, that'll change, you know, dramatically. Dave has Brown number one, and he said this at nauseum that will change, uh, he'll change Brown if in fact he does go to a different team, depending on where he goes. Um, yeah, yeah I, I, I'm still torn on this whole thing with Antonio Brown. I want to see how it does shake out, but uh, I'm, I'm starting to lean a little bit in your direction. Uh Round two, James Conner, Patrick Mahomes, David Johnson, Odell Beckham, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, Adam Thielen, Amari Cooper, Juju Smith-Schuster, Mike Evans, Zach Ertz, T.Y. Hilton, uh, Patrick Mahomes in round two? Agree? Disagree? It's two. I, I, if Patrick Mahomes does what he did this year, he's a first-round pick. But I don't
1: think it's very likely he repeats this year. I'm not taking him until the start of round three.
2: What percentage regression do you give him? Assuming sixteen, oh, games. I think he ten percent, twenty percent, thirty percent. I think
1: he probably loses right around twenty percent of his touchdowns. Sure, maybe which puts maybe, him at forty, maybe, which is still maybe, pretty good. Maybe twenty five percent of his touchdowns. Okay, and which he's is going to lose a little bit of yardage. I think he's probably because like you just look at the ratios and they're they're so out of whack with what anyone does over a full season. Yes. He had like a nine percent touchdown rate. Yeah, and so he high. could he could like seriously lose forty percent of his touchdowns. And it not be that big of a surprise.
0: Yep, and we'll see how that uh that goes. Hopefully he finishes, I'm sure from your perspective, finishes the playoffs strong uh as well. Round three, Joe Mixon, Keenan Allen, Stephon Diggs, Nick Chubb, Derek Henry, Dalvin Cook, Philip Lindsay, George Kittle, AJ Green, Brandon Cooks, Chris Carson, Carrion Johnson, round four, Aaron Jones, Sony Michelle, Tariq Cohen, Kenny Galladay, Robert Woods, Julian Edelman, Tyler Boyd, Leonard Fournette, Jarvis Landry, Marlon Mack, Cortland Sutton, and Jarek McKinnon. Round five, Robbie Anderson, Eric Ebron, James White, Doug Baldwin, Aaron Rodgers, Gus Edwards, Darius Geis, Kenyon Drake, Mark Ingram, Lamar Miller, Jordan Howard, and Andrew Luck. In and round six, Cooper Cup, Tyler Lockett, Calvin Ridley, Damian Williams, Chris Godwin, Tevin Coleman, DJ Moore, Mike Williams, Devonte Freeman, Evan Ingram, Dante Pettis, and Hunter Henry. And that's where we left off. If you want to get a full breakdown of those first six rounds, go listen to our previous podcast from January 7th. Uh, we went in through very much in detail the first six rounds and all of those picks and a lot of different discussions. It was, uh, I think very good. I know Dave agrees, <laughs> um, right. on how we broke down those first six rounds. So, uh, let's get into round seven. Um, and the first pick of round seven was definitely very interesting. This is a PPR draft. And, and I just, I, this is what I wanted to repeat. Uh, I think some people may misconstrue what I said. We did this draft in a basically an open draft room from 20, The start of the 2018 season so it was kind of all over the place no rankings whatsoever and not my rankings no one's looking off of any particular ranking list not dave's rankings, not heath rankings there was no rankings whatsoever so people were just kind of picking looking at old stats from last year uh kind of their thoughts it was very much a uh, uh i think draft by memory almost essentially so um that's kind of why some of the picks fell where they did with Dalvin Cook and Nick Chubb falling around three. Some people just did not remember uh, those particular players. I, I wish I had more picks in the first two rounds because I, I'm, I'm sure Dave does as well. We probably would have tried to snap up those guys. Uh, that's why auctions tend to be a little bit more fun. But in any event, um, that's kind of why some of the picks fell uh, where they did. So let's get into round seven. So Kareem Hunt was the first pick in round seven, uh, followed by LaShawn McCoy, Marvin Jones, Deshaun Watson, Will Fuller, Rob Gronkowski, Corey Davis, Allen Robinson, Ronald Jones, Matt Breida, O.J. Howard, and Alshon Jeffrey. So, Hunt kicks off the the first pick in round seven. How do we feel about that? Is that too soon given the circumstances? Maybe he fell a little bit in this draft. You know, Heath, what's your thoughts on where Kareem Hunt may or may not be playing next season?
1: That was the worst pick of the off season. Like not just this draft, the entire off We will not have another pick worse than that. I don't think there's a very good chance that he's worth anything at all next year. If he was on a team right now and we were just waiting to see whether he was suspended for 6 or 8 or longer, then maybe you'd consider taking him at the end of like the 10th round.
2: But as it is right now, there's no chance I'd draft him. He was on my radar, but not in round 7
0: or 8 or 9. It's He's a late pick, just so see. we know more sure. about his situation. Uh Lashawn McCoy goes with the next pick. He's going to be 31 next season. Reports are he's going to return to Buffalo. If that's the case, is this the right spot for him?
1: I assume that somebody saw Kareem Hunt go and think, well, wow, the time for the McCoy. I, <laughs> Let me follow up a bad pick with a worse one. I don't think it's a worse one. I know. But yeah, it's, I wouldn't take him that early. Back to back bad picks.
0: Uh, yeah, again, you know, he, uh, he did not play well with, um, with, with the, the changes in Buffalo that happened, new quarterback, new offensive line, um, getting older, everything that we kind of said about him last preseason kind of came to fruition. So. Uh, felt a little bit too soon for, for McCoy here, but Davey noted this with the last draft that running back kind of dried up quickly and we'll see where McCoy ends up going. Maybe if he even stays in Buffalo, that's still a, a potential they can maybe move on from him from their end of things. He would like to return to Buffalo, at least according to uh, the reports. So the wide receivers that came off in this uh, round, you had Will Fuller, who's coming off the ACL injury, go with the fifth pick in this round. And then Corey Davis went ahead of, and I took Corey Davis, went ahead of Allen Robinson and Alshon Jeffrey. Now, Robinson's coming off his second best game of the season, a dominant playoff performance against Philadelphia. And Alshon Jeffrey has played much better with Nick Foles of late than he did with Carson Wentz earlier this season. So, uh, your thoughts on the wide receivers here? Fuller, Davis, Robinson, Jeffrey.
2: I think, I think there's going to be potential for Davis, Jeffrey, and Fuller to be in this round, if not slightly higher by the time we get to drafting for real.
0: Not Robinson. Seven months from now.
2: I think Al Robinson's going to be stuck right in this space, round seven-ish. I think there was too much inconsistency. I think concerns about Trubisky will keep But I'm up- sorry. Limited. I
0: just want to stop you, just based on what you said there. Too much inconsistency, <clears throat> but why not? Same for Davis, who had didn't even play as well as Robinson did. And on top of that, we don't know who his offensive coordinator is going to be.
2: I think people will still buy into Davis as a top five overall draft pick and his potential to be a dominator. Um, I I think it's he won't be higher than round six, but I think in a PPR league, that's it could be a about where he goes. Yeah, I
1: could see him in round six. I'm a little bit worried about Fuller just because it's not, not like this. ACL was his first injury. He's had injuries every year, yes. and he's going to be the number two behind Andre Hopkins, and he's not going to keep up the touchdown rate that he's had over the past couple of years in limited sample size. So I'm a little worried about Fuller over Robinson and Jeffrey.
2: But he's a great flex to
0: have when he is out there. Yeah. Because sure. he can, he can win you. He'll, he can, there are going to be as, weeks where he's a top five fantasy receiver. As we saw last year when he came back, I think from a shoulder injury, um, he was playing very well and then he suffered the torn ACL. Rob Gronkowski goes in this round, falls to round seven. Just amazing to see it. Probably going to be the case. Uh, the sixth tight end off the board behind Travis Kelsey, Zach Ertz, George Kittle, Eric Ebron, and Evan Ingram. And when I say that could, should be the case or will be the case, that's assuming he plays next year. So is this the right spot for Gronk?
1: I don't think this is a bad pick now. I, would be surprised. I don't necessarily think Gronk's going to play next year.
2: But if he does. This is fine. This is where, this is where he'll be. Maybe a a smidge higher. I come, take, I don't think you'll I'll, get the would have sound taken bite him, of him saying I'm I would have taken 100%. him over
0: Evan Ingram if I was reaching for a tight end and Ingram went in round six so I I just you know that's why I'll have it ranked I I, I don't right. really love Evan Ingram but I think he's definitely behind Kelsey Ertz, Kittle and Ebron and you can make a case for OJ Howard who went after him uh again we'll see how Howard sort of incorporates into this Bruce Arians offense Ronald Jones also went in this round uh these are two guys that can sort of fluctuate yeah, Jones thats can, that that's a pick I don't get the Ronald Jones. Yeah, I think well, that was too soon. At the time, but now it may be great. Or it could be too soon. Of course. But, you know, again, if he's the guy for Bruce Arians, as we've seen with Bruce Arians running backs, mm-hmm. that's it's just,
1: yeah, it's this, that's the worst part
0: it's about doing hard December, to course, December and January. Course. Cause if he's, if he's the guy, then this is way too late. Uh, right. Uh, let's move on now to round eight. Uh, and Dave was the one that took out Sean Jeffrey. He starts off round eight with Anthony Miller followed by Mike Davis, Sterling Shepard, David Njoku, Austin Eckler, I took Rashad Penny, uh, Peyton Barber, Christian Kirk, Jay Ajayi, Sammy Watkins, uh, and we close the round with Zay Jones and Robert Foster, back-to-back picks. So, uh, Dave, we sort of talked about this, and, and Alan Robinson, are, are you still of the belief that Anthony Miller can be the best Bears receiver next season? Yep. I still think he can be that guy. Now, there's going to be inconsistency issues with him, too,
2: but I'm getting him a half-round later. When there aren't a lot of other receivers. I'll tell you
0: what, if I, if I was making this pick again right now, this would be Christian Kirk and not Andy, Andy, sure. Andy Miller. And Kirk's value will rise with the, uh, with the coaching change with Kingsbury coming on board. Uh, Heath, I took Penny, uh, with the sixth pick in this round. Do you see a situation next year where Chris Carson Holds on to the job for sixteen games, assuming he stays healthy because he was fantastic to close the season, but we know the investment that they made in Penny, uh, I kind of took him with the idea of okay, let's just see what happens. I think he's the fourth running back that I drafted.
1: yeah, I think there is a chance that Penny takes that job, but I would not bet on it i would I would bet on Carson keeping it as long as he's healthy.
0: more of a shared scenario this year than probably, we saw last yeah. year, yeah, probably uh, because so. we saw when Penny was he, he suffered that injury toward the end of the season he was starting to pick up some momentum.
1: Right. Oh, I, I think so. Yeah. I just, Carson was phenomenal in the playoffs and Carson still runs a lot more
2: aggressively than Rashad Penny does.
0: Uh, yeah, but Penny does some things I think that, right. that Carson will never be able They're to do. They're both going to get a decent amount of work, but Carson for now is going to be the main back. Sure. I I wouldn't be surprised that we get to the middle of the season next year, and it's there's a switcheroo, switcheroo, sure. Uh, If Penny can stay, all the more reason
2: why Penny is going to be one of those great. We're taking him in round eight in a PPR draft. Yes, let's see where he goes in a non PPR. We'll find out today. I I think he's going to be right in
0: that, uh, uh,
2: right around seventy fifth overall, maybe a little bit earlier than that.
0: Uh The two Bills guys, again, they close the round. Uh I would like to see them add another receiver to the mix, but let's just say that they don't, and it's Jones and Foster as the top two guys. Is this a good spot for these two receivers? Absolutely. I'd probably wait a little longer. Not
2: well, me. I, I would take a chance on, on getting one of these guys and having them to be quality bench receivers, maybe wide receiver threes on my team. I think Buffalo's offense takes a, a step forward.
1: Yeah, I think that's, that's probably it. the difference is I just don't necessarily think they're going to take a step
0: forward. Yeah. Uh, you know, they they played well toward the end of the season. Jones, uh, you know, scored two touchdowns in each of the two games against Miami, which came after Week 13. Foster, we saw, have some good moments uh, throughout the course of the final eight games of the year. Foster is a little bit more of a boom or bust type of receiver. Jones, when he's played in the slot, has been very good. We'll see what they do there. They used Isaiah McKenzie in the slot as well. So we'll see what Buffalo does. I'm okay with these guys in this spot in PPR just based on what the receivers that were available. But, um you know, you're you're kind of hoping with these two guys. I don't know if any of them are going to be starting fantasy caliber receivers. They're more what we said about Will Fuller. There will be times where you can use them, times where you want to avoid them. Round nine starts with uh, TJ Yeldon, who is expected to be a free agent, Elijah McGuire, Dion Lewis, Emmanuel Sanders, Deontay Foreman, Drew Brees, Royce Freeman to me, uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, Duke Johnson, Chris Herndon, Jalen Samuels, and Dave closes the round with Ido Smith. Uh, I took Freeman as a handcuff to Philip Lindsay, so you know just locking up that backfield, you took a, a chance on Edo Smith, who could end up being maybe the starter in Atlanta, depending on the health of, of Freeman, but yep. most likely the number two guy. Um, when you look at the running backs in this round, Smith being one of them, TJ Yeldon, who's going to be a free agent, McGuire could be the starter for the Jets as he closed the season, and then Deontay Foreman, who finally came back from the Achilles injury but didn't make much of an impact to close the year. Um, which of these guys excite you the most? I think I'd go with Edo Smith and Elijah
1: Maguire. I'm concerned that Yonte Foreman is just not ever going to be what he was two years ago. And I kind—I kinda I still expect, like, if Yeldon gets a feature job, then that would be a huge difference maker. I kind of
2: feel like he's going to go into a third down role somewhere. I think that's exactly what he'll be pegged for now that he's going to hit free agency. I don't see him being a featured guy. Edo will have a chance. We know that there should be some addition by subtraction in that backfield in Atlanta. Whether they get, whether they resign Tevin and cut Freeman or keep Freeman and let Coleman walk. So he'll move up the, the depth chart a little bit. I, I think
0: he's an excellent round nine pick. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, uh, you know, he's, he's got, he's got upside. I wonder what they'll do with Brian Hill too. You know, who they got a chance to at least see a little bit toward the end of the season, but. They can just um, keep him as third guy. Sure. I, I, I don't see a scenario where Tevin Coleman returns. I think it's Freeman, Smith, Hill. Yeah, the only way there. that Tevin comes back is if they let Freeman go. Yep. Uh, round 10, we finally get to uh, a lot of the quarterbacks here, and we're going to stop the the wrap-up at round 10. I'll read through the, the the last two rounds after that, but I want to get to some of your emails and talk about the divisional round uh, with some DFS plays. But round 10 starts. Dave takes Kenneth Dixon, uh, Golden Tate, Matt Ryan, Jamal Williams, Jared Goff, I took Adam Humphreys, Trey Burton, Michael Gallup, Josh Adams, Russell Wilson, and Jimmy Garoppolo. So the quarterbacks that come off the board here are Ryan, Goff, Wilson, and Garoppolo. These are quarterbacks 6, 7, 8, and 9. Behind the first five who were Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, Andrew Luck, Deshaun Watson, and Drew Brees. Is this the spot you guys think you're going to start looking at quarterbacks? Too soon? Maybe too late. It's not too soon. And this is one of the reasons though I'm not taking Patrick Mahomes in the first or second round. Because
1: you can get top five quarterbacks in the 10th round.
2: I'm not going to commit to that. I still might take Patrick Mahomes in late round two. And I did take Andrew Luck. I believe it was round five. Round five. Yeah. When I got Andrew Luck. Mm-hmm. And he's my number two quarterback. I like that value. But you also said I at the time did when we were have, going yes, through it, that you had I did him. have a little bit of uh, buyer's remorse because you see Ryan and Goff and and Russell Wilson. I am not going to be big on Garoppolo, but those three going in round ten, amazing value. Hard to hard to say that it's not. Uh, you just, only- I think you have to really love your quarterback choice to take him
0: where you take him. In those first five, six, even seven runs. You gotta be in love with the guy. Sure. And, and I and, am with Andrew Luck. And, and, we're, and, we're a team. Me and the guy. And, and, and again, it also comes down to, um, you know, there's still three owners that did not draft a quarterback, myself being one. So, you know, we'll see 10, 11, and 12. I'm just gonna read through, uh, rounds 11 and round 12 before we start getting into a lot of the defenses and, and kickers. But round 11 was Muhammad Sanu, Isaiah Crowell, Geronimo Allison. If something stands out to you, you know, stop me. But, uh, Geronimo Allison, Kiki QT, Jack Doyle, DD Westbrook, Adrian Peterson, Naheem hines marquise lee antonio calloway ian thomas and delaney walker i like the ian thomas pick a lot
2: mm-hmm. we don't know about greg olson but i i like him a lot i was hoping to get him or jack doyle
0: and then round 12 uh the bears dst cj anderson ben roethlisberger chargers dst marquise goodwin james washington ravens dst jordan wilkins jared cook baker mayfield Jameis winston and Philip Rivers. Um, at this point, through round twelve, I'll just you know, for my team, I did not have a quarterback yet. I took Cam Newton, I believe it was in round thirteen. Um, he was my last top twelve guy uh, that I took, and hopefully his shoulder is okay. So we'll see how how that goes. So um, just want to get Heath's take on any teams that you looked at that you saw that you like before I go over Dave's and mine.
1: Yeah, I liked. Uh, I thought R.J. had a good team. Uh, there was he made one pick. I, I think everybody had one pick where I was like, oof. Uh, the only one I didn't like on RJ's team was Jarvis Landry. I think you took him in the fourth round. Mm-hmm. And even in a PPR league with six
0: targets per week, that's not, not, not gonna be good in PPR. And then I like Marone's team a lot, quite a bit as well. Alright, so let me read RJ's team and Marone's team. So RJ, like you said, he had, uh, I don't know the, the rounds that he took him, we can assume, uh, but he started with, uh, he started with his first three picks were amazing. Uh Christian McCaffrey, round one. Juju Smith-Schuster, round two. Nick Chubb, round three. So, I mean, it's, it's home like, run, home run, home run. You can build the rest of your team in free. Yeah. <laughs> Deshaun Watson's <laughs> his quarterback. Chubby McCaffrey, his running backs. Landry and Smith-Schuster, his receivers. Jared Cook, his tight end. Doug Baldwin is his uh flex option. His bench players are Josh Adams, Jay Ajayi, Kalen Balazs, Devontae Freeman, Kiki Q T, and Emmanuel Sanders. So, yeah, strong starters. We'll see about the bench, but uh, a lot to like there. Marone's team is... Miron Berkson is one of our producers. RJ White's one of our NFL editors. Uh, Miron has Russell Wilson at quarterback, Zeke and Marlon Mack at running backs, Stephon Diggs and Mike Evans at receiver, Evan Ingram at tight end, James White at the flex, the Broncos DST and Stephen Goskowski. He's got Baker Mayfield, Deion Lewis, Geronimo Allison, Marvin Jones, Sammy Watkins, and Albert Wilson. So, not a lot of running back depth there, but clearly a great starting lineup. Dave, why don't you tell us your team from quarterback Then
2: I got Andrew Luck at quarterback. My running backs are James Conner, Kerryon Johnson and Aaron Jones. Jones will also work in my flex. My receivers are Julio Jones and Cooper Cup. Delaney Walker, at tight end. Uh, Bears defense. And then my bench has Alshon Jeffrey, uh, Anthony Miller. Uh, those are my receivers on the bench. Running backs on the bench, Ito. Kenneth Dixon. I got Chase Edmonds late and I have Josh Allen as one of my last picks.
0: I went with Cam Newton at quarterback, Philip Lindsay and Darius Geis at running back, Devontae Adams and Julian Edelman at receiver, Travis Kelsey at the tight end spot, Tevin Coleman is my flex for now, the Texans defense and Jake Elliott, and then my bench is Royce Freeman, Rashad Penny, Adrian Peterson, Corey Davis, Adam Humphries, and James Washington. Yes, I did actually draft Adrian Peterson. I think it's the first time in like uh, seven or eight years. James Washington will obviously be a big sleeper if, uh, if Antonio Brown does leave. All right, so that wraps up our mock draft. Again, we'll do another draft uh, today, uh, non-PPR. Which we will probably review at some point in the near future and give you those results. So, uh, thank you everybody for participating and hopefully enjoy that breakdown. The, uh, the divisional round kicks off this weekend. In the AFC, you have the Colts and the Chiefs. The, uh, the Colts beat the Texans 21 7 to advance in the wild card round. The Colts have won 10 of their last 11 games. The Chiefs have lost two of their last three coming in, but they are the number one seed in the AFC. The Chargers are at the Patriots. The Chargers beat the Ravens 23 17 in the wild card round. Philip Rivers is a whopping 0-7 in his career against Tom Brady. But He's the, due. He is due. The Chargers are actually 9-0 outside of Los Angeles this season because their road loss was against the Rams, and one of their home games was against the Titans in London. In the NFC, you have the Eagles at the Saints. The Eagles beat the Bears 16-15 in the wild card round to advance, and the Saints beat the Eagles 48-7 at home in Week 11. That was with Carson Wentz. But Nick Foles is 4-0 since taking over for Wentz prior to Week 15, 4-0 in the postseason going back to last year. And you have the Cowboys at the Rams. The Cowboys beat the Seahawks 24-22 to advance. The Rams are 7-1 and at home this season. And the Cowboys are 8-1 in their last nine games. Uh, quickly, how do you see these, uh, these games going?
1: I would say, I, I think that the, uh, Cowboys give the Rams a little bit of trouble, but they eke it out. The Saints destroy the Eagles. The, and I've been terrible at pitching, picking playoff games. So I'll <laughs> take the Colts over the
2: Eagle, Colts over the Chiefs
0: and the Patriots <laughs> over the Chargers.
2: Dave? Uh, I'm going to say the Chiefs beat the Colts high-scoring game, but only by a couple of points. I think the Chargers beat the Patriots. I think their defense is going to be up to the task, and uh, their offense puts up just enough points
0: to get that job done. Saints blow out the Eagles, and the Rams blow out the Cowboys. I think the Colts give the Chiefs a game, but the Chiefs win at home. I think the Patriots beat the Chargers easily. I think the Saints beat the Eagles in a closed game, and the Rams beat the Cowboys in a close game. couple of emails for those of you that are in uh, playoff challenges or postseason fantasy leagues. Nick wants to know. He says, hello, Gabe, Trot, JD, and Mookie. Those would be? Red Sox. That's right. Uh, Nick is in a playoff challenge that rewards you for starting a player for multiple weeks in a row. The second week, you get double points, third week triple points, et cetera. This includes starting bye week players in the wild card round. He started Melvin Gordon last week, so if he starts him this week, his points double, but he's concerned that the Chargers get uh, eliminated this week, so he's wondering if it would be more valuable to replace Gordon with a running back like Gurley, who, as we said earlier, is expected to play. He's also getting double points as of now from T.Y. Hilton, Michael Thomas, Kelsey, and the Chargers kicker, Mike Badgley. Would you keep Gordon in your lineup, or would you swap him out for Gurley? If you think the Chargers are going to lose and you think the Rams are going to win, then make the switch.
1: I'm going to go with Melvin Gordon this week. I can make the switch next week, and I won't get the triple points in the Super Bowl. But other than that, it'll work out.
2: But then you get the uh, don't
1: you get double points the f- next week? You, you get like, double get points double. next
2: week, and then triple points in the Super Bowl. If but you're getting double points from Gordon
1: this week. I think Gordon double points this week. I don't. I don't know that I love Gurley this week.
0: I don't know if if Gordon double points this week is going to be as good as Gurley single points this week. Gordon has been under 50 yards receiving each of his last three games, but he has scored a touchdown each of the last two. He did go for over 100. I think 130 two yards or 123 yards against the Patriots last year when they met in the regular season. But I think I'd stick with Gordon as well. Um, it also, there are some formats, our format for our game that we used to have used to be, if you took out a player, you couldn't, you'd lose a transaction. So mm-hmm. I don't know if that applies as well. So I just say stick with Gordon as well. Uh, Dwayne wants to know he's uh, in a head to head match this weekend and needs to redraft a team consisting of only players in this weekend's playoffs. He has the odd picks and his opponent has the even picks. So he needs one quarterback, two running backs, two wide receivers, tight end kicker, and a flex. could can either be a running back or a receiver. It's half PPR. So let's draft a team for Dwayne. And is
2: this just for this week or is it for the rest just of the playoffs? Just
0: for this weekend's playoff. So just the four teams, the the four games in the divisional round. So, all right. So, Dave, you will be the opponent. You have the even picks. Heath, you will be Dwayne, you have the odd picks. Go ahead. I'll go with Zeke. Okay, so Zeke goes one. Quickly, Dave.
2: Yeah, you know, you're you're putting me on the spot here. I'm going to I will take Todd Gurley. Gurley goes two.
0: I'll take Mahomes. Mahomes. I didn't know
2: when you were going to take Mahomes. Okay. Uh I will go with Travis Kelsey. Okay. I'll take T. Y. Hilton. Tyreek. No, see, now I've got Mahomes. It's great. I will take Marlon Mack. I will go with, hey, who's playing again this weekend? No,
1: Michael Thomas. Okay. I don't know what I have a running, I have two running backs and a quarterback. You have and a, and a quarterback,
0: receiver. two running backs and one receiver. You still need another receiver, a tight end. We're not going to do kicker in defense, right? I'll go and defense. Oh, Ebron. You go Ebron. Okay. And
2: I still need a running back.
0: Uh, you have one running back, one receiver, tight end.
2: I still need a quarterback too, but I can wait on quarterback now because I, he's I our, just, you, I you just already. Want,
0: I just want video of
1: Adam Azar listening to this part of the podcast. Why? I Guarantee you, he's,
2: he's sitting with his forehead on his hand and his eyes are closed or rolled in the back of his head and he's shaking. Okay, his, anyway, there, there you go,
0: uh Dwayne. We'll stop. Here, if, so. if
2: Dwayne, if he takes the quarterback first, you can wait forever to take your quarterback. And I was just, I would take Breeze with my last, or, literally my last pick because he can't do anything
0: with it. Or just do what Heath did and hope that Mahomes goes third. Simple. Don't take, take my first. Yeah, right. All right, Jake wants to know. He's got the first pick in a championship three round draft. Four teams, one quarterback, mm-hmm. two running backs, two wide receivers. Is half PPR. Who are you taking, and who do you hope falls to pick two point oh four? So you're taking first, Zeke. Zeke or Gurley? Would you
2: take Mahomes? Uh, There's four teams, four teams, and I get the first
1: pick, and I don't get to pick again till eight.
2: Right. We, I, we have no idea. And this is not something you get to repick. It's just, you're picking for th- I'm taking my homes.
0: Yeah, I, I get that. I might take my homes too. I'm going to take Camaro. Who you guys left off. There you go. Uh, I think the saints make it to the Super Bowl, So I'm going to take him. If I have to take it for the rest of the way. Um, all right. So I want to do some, uh, DFS goodbyes and bad buys for people that are playing on respective, uh, DFS sites this week. So we'll try and get through this quickly and then wrap this up. Um, Keith, why don't you go first? Give me some good buys and bad buys on, on FanDuel.
1: I like Marlon Mack a lot at 7,300. I like Josh Reynolds a lot at 5,600. I think their guy that people are totally going to just miss is Ted Ginn. 100%. 4,500. He played one game. Before they let him rest for week seventeen, at eight targets, five catches. And then I'll give you one bonus win. I think Hunter Henry at forty nine hundred is a nice flex if you want to really go with a lot of studs. I don't know how many
2: people are gonna miss
0: him. The number one name on my goodbyes list on DraftKings is Ted Ginn at forty four hundred. Sure, but I mean the people that aren't listening to us are going to, you know, I think overlook and FanDuel is really cheap, you know, for, for whatever. Yeah, forty five hundred is pretty cheap he's for a receiver like me. He, he, and he's well behind Traquan Smith as well. Um uh your bad buys? I don't like Todd Gurley this week at $9,000. I'd much rather
1: play Zeke. I don't like Zach Ertz at 74 against a team that dominates tight ends, and I don't like Tom Brady
0: at 8,200. All right, Dave, on Good
2: Goodbyes for me is Gin. Uh, James White at 4900 I I think he's going to be a factor for the Patriots. I I think the Patriots, whether the the Chargers go with their younger linebackers. Remember, they've got backup linebackers now because they're missing some guys. Or they do this seven defensive back look that they gave the Ravens one or the other. I think it doesn't matter. I think the Patriots try and take advantage with a lot of James White. I think Brandon Cooks at 5600 is great. He's cheaper than Robert Woods. And I like his matchup against Dallas' secondary. He'll go up against Byron Jones. And Jones hasn't been playing that well lately. Again, we talked about the bad buys. I also have on On my list at 5,700 because of the matchup. Melvin Gordon at 6,200. He hasn't returned value in three straight weeks and he's not at 100%. And I've got Josh Reynolds at 4,500. I don't think, I think people are going to go to him and start him instead of Ginn when they should start Ginn, who's 100 less. Give me a FanDuel lineup. I've
1: got Mahomes, Zeke, Mack. Josh Reynolds, Ted Ginn, T.Y. Hilton, Travis Kelsey, and Hunter Henry. And I went with the Chiefs defense. Just hope they score a touchdown. I hate all the
0: defenses. Give me a DraftKings on it.
2: Rams mega sack. Jared Goff, a quarterback with Woods and Cooks at wide receiver. Zeke, Damian Williams are my running backs. My third receiver is T.Y. Hilton. Ebron at tight
0: end. Ted Ginn in the flex. Chargers defense, 2,400. I'm going to go on DraftKings with a Chiefs stack of Mahomes, Hill, Kelsey, and Damian Williams. With Marlon Mack, Julian Edelman, Ted Ginn, James White, and Eagles defense. And on FanDuel, since I already have this on the site, I might as well just read it. Uh, I'm going Nick Foles, Zeke, Sony Michelle. I think Michelle's going to have a dominant game against that uh, linebacking core for the Chargers. Michael Thomas, Robert Woods, Ted Ginn, Eric Ebron, Damian Williams, and Cowboys defense. I'm punting on defense. I don't think any of the defenses are going to really play great this week. So uh, don't spend money on the defense if you don't have to. All right, that was fun. Uh, hopefully you guys enjoyed our breakdown of the coaches, the breakdown of... The rest of our mock draft. I apologize for not getting to more emails. We will do that on our next show on Monday. As I get yelled at by Adam Azer for once again going over the hour time limit. Uh, gentlemen, enjoy the games. Hopefully, you guys you have too. fun. And uh, gotta go. Bye.